Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Songs for Worship. This is a podcast that exists to promote music that draws our hearts into God-centered, reverent worship. Hey, my name is Eric C. Rose. Thanks for listening. Uh, Today in the show, we're going to be joined a little bit later by my good friend, George Pearson. George is a a great musician and a great friend, and most Sundays we have the privilege of of leading music together, Um, and uh, I know that I'm I'm really looking forward to the time when when we can do that again. It's It's been a few weeks now. So we're approaching Easter, and today, the day we're releasing this episode, is Good Friday. We've just come through a season of Lent. Lent is that time in the church year between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday when Christians reflect, especially on the sacrifice of Christ, and prepare for the joyous Easter celebration of Christ's resurrection. And a little bit about the word Lent because it was new to me, I thought I would share. Lent comes from the Middle English word lente, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, meaning springtime, and from the Old English word lengten, which is similar to the Old High German, lenzen, also meaning spring. So really there's not a sacred meaning to the word Lent. It, uh, it's more a reference to a time, a time of year or a season. Last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday, and if you'll remember, Palm Sunday is the day we remember Jesus was, was greeted with crowds of people laying palm branches in his path as he entered the city of Jerusalem. And as he entered, they shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so oftentimes in our worship services, we will hand out palm branches to the children and we will especially sing songs of praise and singing Hosanna. Hosanna to the King. That brings us to Good Friday. Good Friday commemorates Jesus' crucifixion. And crucifixion was a really gory and gruesome form of execution. And it was intended really to humiliate the subject uh, while killing them. And that brings us to today's hymn. And this hymn is entitled, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood. A fountain filled with blood. This is a gory image. Just like crucifixion is gory, this hymn paints a gory image for us. There's a Fountain Filled with Blood was written by William Cooper. We've looked at a hymn by Cooper before. We looked at God Moves in a Mysterious Way a couple of weeks ago. And we noted then how Cooper faced throughout his life severe anxiety and depression. Cooper was the fourth of five children. His three older siblings died while he was still young, and then when he was only six years old, his mother died while giving birth to their fifth child. Cooper faced many other challenges in life as well, which tragically eventually caused him to attempt suicide even multiple times. But despite his struggle, and possibly even partly because of his struggle, Cooper was a gifted writer and poet with this exceptional ability for painting vivid word pictures. Let's just consider the the first verse of today's hymn. There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. 
I'd like to look a little bit at some of the scripture references found in this hymn, and there's lots of them. We'll only cover a few today. The first one is found in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. It's there we find this fountain imagery. I'll read it for you. On that day, there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. Leading up to this verse in chapter 12, this prophecy testifies to the deity of the coming Savior. It's foreshadowing that God himself would be pierced. In verse 2 of the hymn, we find a reference to Christ and the thief on the cross. And I'll, I'll read that for you. Luke 23, 39-43 says, One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, and said, Do not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we receive, or we are receiving, what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. In that second verse, Cooper compares himself to the thief on the cross. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. And in the final verse of the hymn, there is an emphasis put on assurance of grace. Dear dying lamb, your precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. Just two points from this verse that bring us assurance. First is that Christ's blood never loses its power. And where in the former sacrificial system, the lamb could not take away sin, and the lamb had to be sacrificed again and again and again. The sacrifice of Christ was once for all. And we're, we find this in Hebrews chapter 7. And then the second point of assurance that we find is that Christ's payment for our sins can never be lost or taken away from his chosen ones. We see this in John chapter 10, where Jesus said, I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Next, I'd like to spend a couple of minutes talking about the music of this hymn. This is a traditional American folk tune, and one of the key features of it is that it is in the pentatonic scale. Penta means five, and this tune can be sung or played on only five notes. And you'll also notice in there, uh, there are a lot of skips in the melody, or thirds. This use of thirds gives the melody this, this kind of wide open feeling that is somewhat characteristic of, of American music of that time. Another characterizing feature of this tune is that the melody is kind of centered around the fifth scale degree. So in every key you have a tonic, or that's the first scale degree, um, and it's common for, for a tune to kind of 
center around that that first scale degree, but this one centers more around the fifth scale degree, and that kind of gives it part of its its characteristic uh, sound. So this is a relatively simple melody with a simple rhythm and a simple enough harmonic arrangement that, that it can be sung uh, easily, and it can also be sung a cappella easily. So at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that uh, earlier this week I had the opportunity to meet with my good friend George Pearson, and uh, we played through this hymn together, and we were able to record that. So without further ado, I would like to share that with you. a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in Wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away. a few closing thoughts on on this assurance of grace that we find here in this hymn. The imagery used here paints this picture, this graphic picture of Christ's sacrifice and reminds us of our need for a Savior and really our hopelessness on our own. Romans 3.25 says, God presented Christ 
as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. The message here that we need to cling to is that Christ demonstrated his righteousness where we could not and made atonement for our sins. On this unusual Easter Sunday, where most of us will likely be stuck in our own homes, I think this is a message of hope to which we can, we can really cling to in these different and often trying times. As always, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and share. And also uh, leave a five-star review down there in the reviews. That's, that's really helpful, and that helps me grow the podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can find me on the web at ericcrose.com. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, God bless.